Hey, Goners, Shauna here from The Gone Girls. If you love The Gone Girls and want to hear more, please go to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, The Gone Girls, and give us a five-star rating. Love you. Gone Girls Podcast. We interview the people we like and try to get to the bottom of life. The Gone Girls Podcast. The Gone Girls Podcast Show. What up, everyone? Welcome to the Gone Girls Podcast. I'm Ankara. I'm Shauna. You're still only going by yeah. one name. Well, I okay. thought it was so cool last time, you know? Why not? It's less confusing uh, for me. I know who I am when I say Ankara. Okay. <laughs> All right. That, All right, Cher. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, we have the lovely Amy Hawthorne here Yay. today. Hi, Amy. Thanks for uh, being here. Thank you for having me. Did I say it was Shauna Lane? I, no. Okay, I'm I think Shana you just Lane. said Shauna. I did. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I or maybe happened. I just thought that in my Amy head. So I was like, this would be great. Yeah. <laughs> you can only go by one first name on the podcast. <laughs> um, Amy is the uh, booker of New York Comedy Club. That is correct. And we're very. <laughs> Am I? Yes. And her email and no. personal, personal cell phone number. Yeah. Will be posted along with her address. Oh my god, right? Um, I mean, you can put my address as long as people are not coming by. They can just send stuff, preferably chocolate. Um, that would be fun. Oh, there you go. I, I would send approve of that. chocolates, everyone. Um, will it help them get spots? No. Okay. But, but I will enjoy want, the chocolate very but much. But she will enjoy the chocolate. Definitely <laughs> not. If you but. care about Amy and you just want her to enjoy something, send her chocolate. Exactly. Yeah, if you really care about Amy. Yeah. <laughs> and humanity. Really, yeah. Or just being a nice person who's generous and giving. I don't know. Do you yeah. live far away? No, I live in Long Island City. Oh. Now we're narrowing down. We got really oh, narrowing yeah. down, everyone. <laughs> I mean, also, if you want, you could, like, just send it to the creek in the cave and Rebecca will eat it instead, and that'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> that counts? Is that your home away from home? Uh, it's just the... It's, I live near there. It's not, it's actually not, Ooh, I mean. Even closer now. Yes. We did a different podcast there. We um, oh. interviewed a doctor near there. It's so cute. Oh, yeah. That area. City. Oh, yeah. It's so super, nice. Super cute. I really, it's an interesting area, too, because it's like being gentrified, but what's being gentrified is nothing. It's like used to be a taxi garage or it's a vacant lot or yeah. right. something industrial. I was going to say gentrified. It but like, pretty. But that's <laughs> the thing. is like, so you'll have on the same block, like on my block, if you start from one end, there's like two giant towers of luxury condos. And then you cross the street and there's like a little gymboree thing. And then there's just a vacant lot. Uh, with a bunch of weeds on it. And then there's a really cute little naturopathic... Um, cute. You know, like, pharmacy. And there's, like, there's a thing on Vernon Boulevard called Just Things. And it's like, <laughs> that's literally what it is. It's a shop that just sells random shit, which is somehow still in business in 2017. That's kind of... Like as a physical store. It's like a dollar it, store, right? I feel like I've like heard of it before, Just Things. It's... I don't... Maybe it's famous. I don't know. But, like, then right next to that is, like, a fancy faux restaurant. You know, like, it's such a weird neighborhood that's, like, half gentrified, half... <laughs> half vacant lots, half real old school stuff that's not being pushed out by the gentrifiers. Yeah. Some people are. Like, it's getting to that point where certain businesses are being pushed out, which kind of sucks, but, like... It's like, there's a vacant lot over there. Just open your full restaurant in the vacant lot. What are you doing? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, it's really cute. I really like it. And I recommend it to anybody who can, you know, grab an apartment that's not a vacant lot. 
I love this um, adjacent to New York Comedy Club. Um, what are you guys calling I'm this? Literally the place next door. The place next door? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I love it. Yeah. Isn't that great? It's so mellow. I would, yes. If I worked here, I'd totally be like, I'm going over there. Yeah, this is, this is my secret hangout spot, except there are certain nights, uh, Nick, who's our newest employee, was working the door and he made fun of me because he goes, I literally just watched you like walk out kind of stand in the middle of the bar, look around, and then just leave. You just, just left. You didn't say goodbye to anybody. I was like, yeah, it was one of those nights where just, like, the back was full, the side was full, like, this place was full, and the bar was full. And I was like, well, I'm done speaking to people. Too I'm going home. You know they say intelligent people do the Irish ex- exit? No. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's just, it's just like, it's known. I don't know exactly what, but it makes sense because I do it too, and I'm intelligent, so I get what you're doing, Amy. You know what I mean? That's like, like, who has time to exactly. say goodbye? They, I'm gone. They know I'm gone. Yeah. It's hard to say goodbye. It is. got to do a whole tour. Yeah, yeah. It takes minutes. Like, it 20 minutes. Yeah, it takes, it's a, a lot of effort. Hello and goodbye. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. the thing, too. There's, there's a lot that. of like, oh, like I didn't even see you. Oh, hi, but I'm leaving right now. And then you get caught in conversations. Yeah. And, like, it's one thing. When I lived in L.A., I didn't mind that because you drive everywhere, so you're kind of under your own power, and you do whatever you want. Like, in New York, like, yeah. right now, I have, especially, like, when it gets later, I'm like, I have 13 minutes to get from here right. to the train, or else now I'm screwed, and i got to wait 20 more minutes for the next train yeah. out to Long Island City. So I have... 11 of those minutes to get there, two of them to say goodbye. That's yeah. it. That's all I got. Gotta go. If I take three minutes now, you've ruined my whole night. Yeah, and people don't like to let you say goodbye. I've I hate people that don't get the physical signals. I mean, I don't hate them, but I'm like, why aren't you getting... Like, I literally <laughs> I have my one foot out the door, and I'm like slanted horizontally like I'm about to run. I'm like, okay, yeah. all right, bye. I've had that happen. I <laughs> But I would love to stop right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a week ago here, I was putting on... Like, people saw... We were all next door... We were watching something on TV here next door where we are sitting right now. The place now. next door. The place next door. It's very confusing to call it the place next door when you are sitting in the place <laughs> next door. So then what do you call, you have to it's say near here, comedy yeah. club. But so we were here next door uh, <laughs> and watching something on TV. And, you know, I was just like talking to a few people. There was a group and a few people came and joined the group. And I had come out of the bathroom. It was raining. I put on my jacket and I picked up my umbrella. And as I turn around to go back into the club to walk out the club door, someone I've never met before stopped me to be like, excuse me, can I talk to you about getting booked here? Oh, no. I was like, what part of this <laughs> makes you think I'm hanging around having a conversation? I'm, I'm leaving. I know. Yeah. Oh. Did you talk to her? Uh, it was a he, because oh. women don't ever do that. <laughs> uh, women- I was so surprised. I was like, I hope women she is booked. That's ballsy. Ever do that. Women are <laughs> never, ever rude and aggressive because we've been socialized that way. Oh. Uh, but, like... We no, should be! We I, should I, I, be! I was, oh, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. 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 Knocking down the mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Pace that's his mic. Okay, change. That's fine. It's fine. Uh, I just... I, I went, the best way is to email me. Bye. And I, and I walked yeah. out. And, uh... But yeah, I want I want to be that way too. I, there's certain people too that I specifically yell at because they'll. The other thing women do, in email or text or anything, is I'm so sorry it took me so long to get back to you. I did that. I'm sorry for your guys. Yeah. Right. yeah, and it's like no, this is completely reasonable, and I will say that, and like I, I don't want to make you feel bad because you were being polite, but I yeah. I just want to be like. You're, you weren't bad in the first place. Right, you weren't right, right. being impolite. No, this was a reasonable so amount of time. Totally socialized to be. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, if I didn't get back in 30 minutes, like mm-hmm. it's so frustrating for you. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm the same way. I, I mean, I've, I've been slowly, like, getting myself out of it, which I think is why I'm proselytizing everybody else. It's, like, well, to remind me, to. Sometimes you need to be too. efficient. There's no time <laughs> right. to be so... Yeah. I mean, like, when you first meet someone, I can understand, you know, because you want to be likable. Yeah. But after you know someone, like, yes and no is fine. I yeah. don't need, like, a whole thank you, blah, 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 dance around it. I've also kind of decided, though, now when I'm first meeting people, too, like, they should know, too, like... It's going to be three days before I ever email you back, and I'm going to get straight to the point. There's not going to be any nicety, and yeah. then we're moving on, because that's you should know to expect that out the gate. Like, yeah, of course. If a, you don't well, like that, like that's cool. You don't have to do whatever it is you wish to pursue with me, but like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah, me. Yeah. I don't want you to think I'm this flowery, efficient, you know, person. Well, it's a job, right? Did you hear that, work. everybody? <laughs> if you need work, just say, I need work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So, but do you find that, um, gr- well, I don't know. I mean, are girls more, uh, like... Hot? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yes. I mean, they're more likable, right? I mean, yeah. because they're not so aggressive. Would it be a turnoff if a girl was aggressive? I mean, sometimes, because some, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think like there's, a, there's a happy medium. Yeah. I think... I mean, for at least a few more generations and for who knows however, forever, yeah. like, there is going to be a limit where women still have to be more demure than men and more accommodating. It just is going to be how it is. So but annoying. like, And honestly, depending on the type of, not even just woman, but person. Yeah, you're dealing I with. Know, mm. I know, for me, like, quirky, aggressive people, It's very, and I'm a quirky, aggressive person, so I need to ease myself into people. If I yeah. go full on right away... And I think it would be the same way if I was a man. It's too fucking much. Yeah. You know, people mm-hmm. are, I have done, and I've done it, <laughs> where I'm full on right away, and I'm like, well, I have a weird look on their face. <laughs> I need to take a few steps back. <laughs> yeah, it took me a while to be like, hmm, I wonder what that weird look on their face is about, you know? So, yeah. uh, I mean, do you find that to be true? Like the... Yeah, the way the manner definitely does make a difference, too, because yeah. there is, there's like a happy medium, and then... Yeah, for each different person or personality type, there's certain things where it gets, it can stay cuter longer. It's like less <laughs> offensive or it's way less cute, way more quickly. Yeah. Oh, buddy, you really crossed the line. Done. Yeah. Done and done. And that's a yeah. lot. It's a lot of work being in your presence. <laughs> oh, that is like rampant oh, in yeah. this field, yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. Okay, just a side note. Do you guys use this to sell drinks before the show? Now we do, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. And then are uh, you doing we'll shows to... here too? No, we don't have a performance license. So it used to be a vegan cafe, um, and so it's right. not a performance space. Uh, it's just a bar with seating <laughs> and TVs yeah. and stuff. But we are going to start doing um, events and things like that. So, for example, we have uh, Yamanika's Half Hour is coming out in a couple of weeks, and we're going to have a Yay! Oh, oh I totally want to come to that. So, oh yeah, we playing on all the TVs, and that, every, that way. And, like, we've done things like that before with people for their half hours in particular, um, or even a late night, you know, appearance will be like, we're putting it on at the bar. But then, you know, there is always that, shh, there's a show going on in the other room. Oh, um, right. We're here, it's a different place. I mean, there's not huge separation, but there's enough that it's like, okay, we can all be in here just enjoying whatever's happening on the TV. Um, we're talking about different kinds of sporting events. Uh, Nick, who I mentioned, is really into wrestling. So. I'm still for them making a little podcast booth in the back for certain people. <laughs> oh, that's insane! But that's—I mean, you know—I don't. I did don't, you I'm propose not, that? I—I I mean, you know, I just kind of 
say it sometimes, like just now. <laughs> Podcast booth! <laughs> like a phone booth, but like a little oh bit bigger gosh. for three people. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll see the Gone Girls on it. Oh my god, I would hide in there all the time. Right? That'd be fun. <laughs> I used to be like a hideaway. Like a little hidey hole. Oh, it'd be like where you go to run away. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It could be nice. one of the red ones. One of those, like, yeah, like the English like old ones. school. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Ooh. Um, okay, so oh. let's get to our questions because then I okay. have other questions if we have time. But we have the main questions that we like to ask. Okay, um, what are some of the things you find difficult in life, Amy? Yeah, Amy. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I feel like we've already touched on a few of them, which is my organizational skills. (laughs) Uh, I am horrendous at being on time for things, at, uh, like replying in any timely manner to an email or phone call or text or anything like that. You need to lead that revolution for all women. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I can't fight it anymore. Well, I do. I mean, I fight it like a little bit of, uh, I will over-organize myself because I know my own failings, but then sometimes that'll backfire and it'll be something where like, I've got all these spreadsheets and I've got all these reminders and I've got all these things. And then if I just like miss one of them, the whole set of dominoes falls down. Um, I also, I think, relatedly, I can't be very tidy. Uh, my room is a mess. Every <laughs> desk I've ever had in the office has been a mess. Um, I just, and I, I, again, I can do that. Like, I, I like things being clean, and I appreciate that in my environment. And, like, clean and tidy are different things. I'm not, yeah, I was going to say. I'm not a slob. Totally or, different. Or, yeah. But, uh, you know, like, I'll go through, and I'll, like, get one new piece of furniture for my room with shelves, and I'll put everything, and I'll be like, okay, now everything's got a place. And then... Three days later, I'll be like, oh, where's that one skirt that usually I just leave on the chair? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So those are two things. I'm also like, which is ironic for what I do and the fact that I am terrible at responding or timeliness. I hate disappointing people. I'm really, really bad at that. I find that so difficult. Like, it really, like, hurts. It hurts me to think that I'm hurting someone's feelings. And quite often, I think it's probably hurting me more than it's actually hurting them. Like, I've imagined whatever the slight or the problem or or the rejection or just the plain no to be like so terrible and looming in their world and, yeah. and it really was and it, it was, was just whatever but and now it's like sitting in my heart like a like a lead weight where I'm like oh oh I'm so bad uh, I'm a Sagittarius oh you're Sagittarius yeah huh. which I know that's not like a typical no it sounds very Cancerian yeah I actually used to be though very much more of a typical Sagittarian uh, what is a Sagittarius what, what are the characteristic traits I don't really know any just very Narcissistic, free. Uh, <laughs> I love that narcissistic the first word. Uh, unorganized, narcissistic. Yeah, disorganized. Uh, usually pretty creative, and that goes hand in hand with the disorganization. But also just like stubborn and kind of do your own thing and don't worry about how it affects other people. It's not like as bad as Aries. Like Aries can be malicious. Sagittarius is just sort of like, you can't fence me in. I'm having a good time. I want to do what I want to do. And sorry if it hurt you along the way. Oh. <laughs> uh, which I think I used to be like that very much more when I was younger. Uh-huh. Uh, and I had a very lovely therapist when I was like 26 or whatever that kind of changed a lot of how I think about things. And that, I think I went almost maybe too far the other way is, is why that happened. It's so like now, now I'm just like, oh, I just go around hurting people willy-nilly because they're not me and I don't think about them. Right, right. And uh, then you'll get over it. Balance, so. <laughs> yeah. You know, what are you going to do? You got to yeah. get things done. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's, it's nice. Not like you're and at some point, too, you're like really you really not mean to hurt someone, yeah. and if someone says that, they, that you hurt them, then it's not like you're not going to apologize. Yeah, and yeah. then move on. 
I think though too, like part of it was like sort of around that same time was when I first got into comedy, and so I became, I, you know, and again, I never know if this is like a myth or not, but that we are a little bit more mentally ill than most people. <laughs> oh, for uh, sure. So I, I feel like I kind of became more connected to a lot of people who were much more easily hurt. And emotionally, so, also yeah, yeah. emotionally, we have a lot of emotional problems. And so, like, uh, like in that case, you know, when I first started comedy. I wasn't really in any position to cause anyone pain or anything good for that matter. Mm. So I was watching them be hurt by other people inadvertently. Uh, yeah. And then that like really stuck with me as you like, know, you're never going to do this. Or yeah. I felt like that when I, I when I was the uh, hostessing and before I was like, Oh, you know, I could never do comedy or I could never do da, 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 da. And it was because I was like, Ooh, I don't like what, I don't like what I see. I don't mm-hmm. like how, like, why would they do that to that person? Blah, blah, I could never do that. Blah, blah. But when you get in it, like it's just, part, I mean like not that you mean to do it, but mm-hmm. it just, yeah, it just is the name of the game. Yeah. It's it sort of, is. yeah. It's just like, you know, okay. People sometimes yeah, sometimes you cut. In, yeah, sometimes you cut in front of somebody to get to the the uh, the metro mm-hmm. and swipe your card because you were running late and you wanted to get on that train and like that just happened because yeah. you needed to get on that train. Yeah. Um, what is your? Uh, I'm just jumping to the next question. Yeah. <laughs> what is your greatest fear and why? Uh, oh gosh, I I thought I've been thinking about this and I can't really like. I can't come up with one and that sounds I don't know if that's psychotic or if that's <laughs> right am I lying to myself right yeah. now <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not I'm not scared of any of the normal stuff I'm not scared of heights I love roller coasters I love being the center of attention in public speaking that part is that's never really oh my yeah. god shut up really yeah. wow that's like kind of another thing too that I think has changed for me over time where I don't know that like it used to be much more strong. Like, it, it used to be much more obvious as well when I was younger and just a giant twat. But, like, uh, you know, like, if you go back, sometimes I look at, like, pictures from my house in college. I was One year I was the, uh, I forget what the thing stood for, but one of the res life things where you help organize the first years and take them on experiences uh-huh. and things like that. And there's just all these pictures where it's, like, the whole class of first years and I'm just, like, right in the middle of it. We were roller skating and roller skating was my idea. So I'm going to be in the middle of all of these pictures. Oh, my God. That's so funny. And, like, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not at all scared of public speaking or any of those normal things. Oh, uh, that opens up so many more questions for me. <laughs> do you want to go down that road? Were you, like, a theater person in, in school uh, or anything like that? When I was younger, I was. I, was, I did, like... I did theater and music and cheerleading in high school. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Amy. All, all real look at me stuff. And, uh, yeah. and uh, then I got, I stopped doing both cheerleading and theater in college. Cheerleading mostly because I went to a women's college and there wasn't really cheerleading there. Um, and theater because I went to a women's college and it was just exceptionally weird and like you had to be weird to do theater like you uh, weren't allowed to just be like I like to act and I want to do plays right. you had to like fit, I felt like I had to like fit into a very certain weird. yeah like weird like they had something happen to them weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I can't diagnose but no I thought it, I think it was more that thing of like you know when you're when you're the outcast in high school and then you find yourself in college and <laughs> yeah, you're in okay. a position where suddenly you have power over other people and you're the cool kids you accentuate what made you an outcast in high school, and then mm. you become the person making other people outcasts. Yeah. And you were like, I just want to be in a play. Yeah, I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I was a cheerleader, and I just want to act. I don't want to walk around for an hour pretending that I'm Ed O'Neill. That was literally something that I had to do at an audition one time, and I was like, I don't need to. Oh, my God. I don't need to be doing this. So, 
Oh, so I'm so curious. So, but you, so you did stand up, right? Yeah. And so I think I thought maybe you stopped doing stand up because I don't know. I mean, it just wasn't at my alley. Yeah, that, that you that the I mean, because part of it is I mean, it's so vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. So what made you stop? No, that was uh, that was not anything to do with that. And that's an interesting thing too. I think because I'm a booker now, I am much more closed off. And I think a lot of people I've met in New York and like what I've done in New York versus what I did in LA see me very differently. Yeah. I think people in LA would be like, Oh my God, she's an open book and she's very, Hey, loud and look at me and, and whatever. But well, you kind of have to in New York, it, yeah. no matter what industry in New York, it makes yeah, you, you shut down. To. You got to protect yourself. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but yeah, so I really stopped. So I, I loved people looking at me and that was actually the part too. Like I, <laughs> I uh, love that. <laughs> I, I felt like I was cheating for the first year cause I had already been doing like adjacent stuff and I was really familiar with all the comics at the comedy store. I'd probably watched 10,000 hours first worth of comedy by that point. I hadn't done it, but you know, right. Right, right, right. And so I knew how things worked and I was not, I knew like the mechanics of it. So I wasn't that funny yet, but I was confident. I was not scared of the audience whatsoever. Ooh, that's a that's a that's com that confidence. Yes, yeah, yeah, I is. wasn't scared of them. I knew they couldn't really hurt me. I mean, they could hurt me temporarily, <laughs> but that like ultimately, I knew, and I'd watched enough people where I was like, oh, you if I get you on my side, we're gonna get through this together. And so that would be, you know, I do these terrible, terrible bar show open mic things. Uh, whether they were booked or not, where just, you know, it's ambush comedy. And in L.A., we don't have separate rooms in the back with a stage that's separate from the bar the way they do in New York for bar shows. It's just like, hey, here's a lady named Spider who's got a knife in her dress and a guy with a giant beard who looks like he might murder you, and they're trying to play pool while you're telling jokes at them. Great. Good luck. Um, I did a couple shows in L.A. like that. It was it's rough. It's hard. It's but it was like fun and it was gratifying and I really liked it and like if I could win them over that was like such a rush. Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> and I would watch myself do so much better than people on the show who were way funnier than I was, who had way better well-written jokes that I just was like, "Oh, but they wouldn't be in the moment. They wouldn't accept that like, I mean, there was one show I did that I was hosting. This is fascinating. Where yeah. a guy I have to adjust my chair so I can stare at you better. <laughs> a guy came, a girl was telling a story uh I think it was Tess Barker, who still does comedy, and she's great. Uh, she was telling a story about going to a Renaissance fair, and nobody in this bar was interested in what was happening at a Renaissance fair whatsoever. And uh, at some point, she starts talking about how, but then she happens upon these guys juggling chainsaws, which is a little anachronistic for a Renaissance fair. And I, I don't the joke, chainsaws. Yeah, the joke was somewhere in there. I don't remember yeah. what the specifics of the joke were, okay. um, or the story, or whatever it was that point the bartender goes into or the owner I don't remember which uh, goes into this weird closet shed thing and comes out with a small hedge trimmer that looks like a small chainsaw and he just starts walking around the stage is really big and deep just starts walking around the stage behind her with this chainsaw she's like didn't know know, she just was like what and she's like acknowledging the weirdness and she was like there in the room but she just sort of was like I I can't give in to this I can't go along with this I can't wait to get off stage oh it was too bad it would have been funny yeah and it was just and it was stuff like that would happen at this this one particular bar in particular but like all the time 
And it was just like, you had to, Mike Cannon said a good thing about weed the other day to me today, but it's the same thing that's like, you have to trust fall into the, the situation. You just have to be like, all right, well, this is what's happening and we're going. Accept it. And I've learned, uh, and I've learned this too in a weird different way from people who hosted the open mic at the comedy store that basically like, if some, if you're in a weird scenario and you don't know how the show is going to go and you don't know how any given act is going to go and you don't know what's going to happen, if you're the host, you need to be on the side of the audience and then they'll be on the side of you. Right. So right, oh, you can't yeah. like you can't sacrifice the show. Don't shit on the show and don't do any of that. So, so I just like there were all these little tricks like that that I picked up. So I would, I went up back as the host and everyone was paying attention to me and like literally at one point like the bar was quiet while I was telling my terrible terrible first year second year jokes uh-huh. and that they hadn't been listening to like three other people before me who were telling good jokes and I was like oh I'm cheating. <laughs> I'm totally cheating because I'm not scared of these people. Like, there's yeah. nothing... I'm not scared of them. I am cheating. I'm cutting the line. Wow. Uh, which, I'm sorry, I've gone out on a total tangent. My point is, <laughs> that's not why I quit. The reason I quit was I also still had a day job at the time. I worked 50, 60 hours a week at a tech company. Oh. And, um, well, at that point, too, I just started, like, not... <laughs> I really get, stopped giving a fuck about that job for a little while. I sort of wanted them to lay me off so I could get unemployment and just like <laughs> yeah. do comedy, yeah. but that didn't work. Um, and so, and then I, I also, like I said, I've been like writing for this website and it started writing for other websites and doing other things like that, producing shows, stuff like that. And now I had three things that I was doing and I kind of just reached that point where it was like, okay, I'd gotten to a point doing stand-up that I had a solid five to eight minutes that I was pretty proud of. It was good. It was well-structured. It wasn't cheating anymore. But I also had that confidence so I could perform better than someone who was two years in a Uh lot of the time. Um, And it was like, okay, well, now's the time. Like, are you going to do this forever? Are you going to put your time into this and focus on this? You can't quit your day job because you've got to eat. So then you're going to either focus all the rest of your time on this and also like the way that future is going to go is for the next 10 years, you might end up just li- you know, living in terrible condos and shitty econo lodges yeah. that you're sharing a room with some guy who's the headliner yeah. that's like grossly taking you on the road. He's a creep. Yeah. And like all this other stuff. Or are you more interested in this other side of thing where you're not the cat being herded, you're the one herding the cats. Oh. And <laughs> oh. I was like, or like if somehow I was magically independently wealthy, I could do the two comedy related things and stop doing my day job, but I was not independently wealthy. So I just sort of made the choice. I was like, okay, yeah. right on. I'm going to go this way. Um, and you, were you an actress at all or no? So you no, were not inter- after. No. Right. So you weren't interested in being an actress. It was, either, it was either stand up or nothing. Yeah. Like okay. I, I would have, I had considered when I was kind of going through that theory, uh, that decision-making process of, of like, okay, if I could do this or do that in the independently wealthy theory, one option was, well, if I did start acting and I got commercial, right. that would pay my rent and right. buy my food. So then I could do the comedy, but I was like, ah, you didn't already start doing this a couple years ago. And now you can't just like walk into a casting company or an agent and just be like, hi, I want to be in commercials. Give me all the money. Right. Yeah. And also <laughs> right. it's not, it's not consistent money. No, right. but it is. I mean, in LA, there's so many, there's consistent auditions and almost everybody I knew doing comedy at that point had landed a national commercial where they got a buyout for like fifty, sixty thousand dollars. So it didn't matter. They didn't have to do another commercial for a year. Oh yeah. I want to go to LA. <laughs> <laughs> Young girls go to LA. Okay, but and you're a writer also, so yes. you have that creative outlet yeah. that you never have to give up or yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. 
Wow, that is a solid um, thought out reason. Yeah. To yeah. and then and then did you come here knowing that you wanted to be a booker? Yes. Oh. I didn't come here knowing it would happen as quickly as it did. Uh, I didn't. I I knew I wanted to be a booker. I mean, I knew I wanted to be a booker before I made that decision to stop performing, and that was kind of another part of it too. Is I looked around. There's a lot of people that perform and do something else that's somehow behind the scenes, and right. I found that they always taint each other mm-hmm. pretty badly. Uh, there were a lot of tremendous show producers in LA who had just plateaued. They were good, competent comics who never got better than they were five years ago when they started producing seven shows a week and making their money off of that or what, you know, and then... Yeah. Because the time is split yeah, and the focus bra- is And also split. your brain, it's so different. It's too, yeah, it's just totally like, different, yeah. I, like, that part of my brain, too, is atrophied of, like, what's the funniest thing that could happen here? Like, that's an interesting thing to make a joke. <laughs> it's draining. It's where, like obsessive. Yeah, where, like, after we'd moved here, I moved here with two comics from L.A., uh, Robbie Slovic and Casey Balsham. They just do comedy. Uh, and they, like, six months into here, we'd all kind of, like, just knew each other. Like, we'd made friends, but we knew each other the most. So we spent a lot of the t- our time together in all the same places with all the same people about six months in, I was able to be like, oh, this is how you get booked at that club, and this is who you talk to about that show, and you should get in on this person's good side because they're the host, but they have the ear of the booker, and da da da. And like, both of them were like, what do you, how did you figure all that out? And I was yeah. like, oh, I wasn't busy trying to be funny the yeah. whole time we were there. Oh, I got it. Okay, yeah. Right, right. My brain was doing other things. So do you feel fulfilled? Yeah. Okay, right on. I mean, yeah, no, never. Like, <laughs> yeah, <you always> like <laughs> there's always going to be... But that's an interesting thing, because someone asked me uh, about a year ago, right after I'd started booking, all right, well, what are you going to do next? And I was like, well, you just let oh me enjoy God, this thing yes, that I'm doing please, now. They're like, well, you've always got to think about like positioning yourself and where you can go next and who you're going to be talking. I was like, can I just, can I just enjoy this? Yeah. I just want to enjoy this Have right fun. now. Enjoy it. I could see it being really fulfilling and Yeah, thrilling. totally. And yeah. Do you, are you, do you feel like you're also grooming people? Is that like a, is this too personal? No, 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 we can talk about this. That's not at all. I don't know. I go back and forth about that because I always sort of pictured myself being that way. Like a very Mitzi Shore person. Yeah. If you watch uh, I'm Dying Up Here, that's Goldie is based off of of Mitzi. Yeah. Uh, And she did take a very personal interest in specific comics and she had very particular tastes and... She, I mean, she had people change their names. She had people dye their hair. She told people what their acts were going to be. Uh, and she really groomed them for things. And, and I always sort of figured I'd take after that. Yeah. But as it turns out, that's like kind of not in my nature. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I like to, Watch I like to help. And like, I love giving feedback if someone wants to ask me about, you know, a late night set they're running or what do you think of my JFL set? Is this going to be what they want? Why do you think Comedy Central gave me these notes on my half hour submission? Why do you, you know, like things like that, like I will a thousand percent, I find that interesting and I'm happy to help and I feel good that I've helped yeah. someone in some manner, whether it gets them what they want or not. But I am too, I guess, socialist is kind of what I think of it, of for here, where, like, every so often I go through that phase where I'm like, all right, I'm going to narrow this down. I'm going to think about, like, who do I care about the most? And I'm going to give them the stage time. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, hook them up with this person because Emilio is so good at, like, knowing industry people and knowing certain opportunities that are available. 
and just being like, okay, and yeah, this is going to be the funnel system. We're going to make sure. Blah, blah. And then I just find myself, the more I feel that way, the more my, the other part of my brain rebels and I'll find myself like looking at the bills and being like, oh, that's the one I forgot to book for the past three months and I love them. Let me yeah. put them on right now. And I, like, uh, I like too many people. It's part of why I don't want to go into like management is I can't, I, I can't bring myself to focus on three people. Yeah, three or five people yeah. and really like groom yeah, them. Right. And, like, and also, even though I think I'm right all the time, like there's definitely a lot of stuff where I'm like, I don't know, what should you do next? Yeah. I don't know. I I I mean, I feel before I started doing stand up, I was a hostess at a mm-hmm. comedy club and people just started asking me things and because I was around it all the time, I just learned comedy and I yeah. learned, I saw people grow, I saw people do certain things, I saw how people were, I saw what worked for certain people and didn't work for others, so like, I just, it just, I just started feeling it and I understand it and I got it and I was very opinionated and I am very opinionated, but the second I started doing stand-up, I was like... I'm going to take a step back because I don't want people telling me what to do with my stuff. If yeah. people ask me, I, you have to be kind in the delivery mm-hmm. because you can really mess someone's up. Like one little joke that like they've been holding on to and like it kills every time. You can come in with one mean, nasty thing or just be like, no, that doesn't work and like just crush. Yeah. It, like I felt it. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, it's worked so much. What are you talking about? <laughs> and it, you have to be careful with what yeah. you say because... You know, it is, people put their whole, everything they have on the line for a joke. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the thing I think a lot of people don't understand who haven't done it, is that you are also the product. It, like, if you've done any other job, you understand there's a different, like a pro, like I was a programmer, like you're a programmer and then there's the software that you made. And if someone was like, oh, this software has a bug in it. That would be, like, sort of, like, personally hurtful, like, oh, I did make that mistake, I didn't think this through, or I didn't test this right. case, but it wasn't like, you are a terrible person, right, where, right, like, your jokes are so vulnerable, and there's so much of you that when you're telling someone, like, uh, that, I mean, if you say that's garbage, you're basically saying you're garbage. Yeah, 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 pretty <laughs> yeah. much, it's oh, so vulnerable. Seriously. Yeah, it really is. So, just, oh, yeah, uh, last, scared of. last question. I not with anything. Well, you don't have to be scared of anything. That's wonderful. I feel like I've got to... Be, I must be scared. I mean, I'm, I've got hypochondria, like you would not believe. Like like if I coughed right now and like a little fell on your... Not like oh, that. Yeah. Like <laughs> second tier hypochondria. Like the first level, I'm not like whatever, but as soon as I start having like... I have allergies. I know I have allergies. I've had allergies <laughs> for years. If it's like I don't pay attention, like, oh, it's spring now or oh, it's fall now and I start, you know, ha- sneezing more than not, I'm like, I'm dying, I'm dying of some disease that they haven't figured out of what it is yet. I gotta go on WebMD. Ah. Uh, okay, all right. That's, That's your fear. There yeah. you go. All right. Have you conquered any fears? Um, maybe I must have, right? Like, yeah, to have. get to this point where I'm like, I don't think I'm... I, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna like be haunted at night tonight. I'm gonna lay in bed. I'll be, Here's everything you're actually afraid of. Some people, I hate some people are scared to move to New York because it's overwhelming and large. Mm. Is that was that maybe something? No. No, that's the other thing too. I have like things like that where I just I think it's a little bit autistic in me of this like like kind of rash over rational thought I have about some things yeah. where it just sort of like. The equations all added up. And yeah. it was, when I got here, it was harder than I was expecting it to be. But yeah. the anticipation of it, I was like, well, yeah. this all makes sense. I'm going to do it. Checks yeah. out. Uh, Good. What fears have I conquered? I mean, I used to be so scared 
of being wrong or being embarrassed in front of people, which, like, to me was the same thing. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That really, I mean, that held me back for years when I was younger. And that was another thing that really nice therapist I had. Oh, I was going to say, is that what the therapist was about? Yeah. He was, no, I mean, I went to him for other reasons, but he also was like, by the way, (laughs) here's some things you might want to consider as well. Uh, But I, uh, yeah, I used to just be so, I mean, I would be mortified to be wrong in, in front of people and, to, and therefore like I didn't I think try as many things as I might have because yeah. I didn't want to be wrong or look stupid and I mean yeah it's therapy that fixed that so that's everyone should go to therapy how long, how long did you go to therapy for? she's like um, one time and I was fixed <laughs> <laughs> well Greg Cano from the comic strip he's like yeah I went to therapy for a year and you know it worked out I was like I've been in therapy for 15 years and I am not even anywhere near going the wrong therapist I mean I don't know if that's true you might have a lovely one sometimes uh, you have a breakthrough you know yeah you I mean, need I, someone to help you and with a breakthrough I think I only went for about a year yeah after I okay. got through like a real serious breakup and I just kind of couldn't I, I didn't have coping skills. That was the, that was the other thing. I didn't realize it, but I just didn't have any coping skills whatsoever. Uh, yeah. Of like, oh, something. Even though like bad things had happened, it's not like I had led a charmed life. I just was like, I don't know what to do. Things yeah. went wrong. Yeah. Uh, and so I learned all these like coping skills, and that was part of how I learned. And uh, I mean, I will say this: I I love therapy. I think it's great. Everyone should always go for as long as you feel like you need to. <laughs> yeah, forever. And, and, uh, and the thing actually that made the difference I think of why I was able to stop going to therapy and not feel like I had to keep going because I'd had other therapists before at different points where I didn't really ever feel like I came to a conclusion or got whatever is uh he was particular he was a cognitive behavioral therapist oh, right CBT and in particular was interested in mindfulness behavioral therapy Ooh. and that is a branch of CBT and I, I won't talk forever about this I know the timer just went off but uh <laughs> it's okay you got uh, the light <laughs> um but it does, I think, give you a lot of the tools to kind of, like, help yourself through a lot, a lot of things. Right, yeah. right, right. So, right. You um, can apply them to different yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. So that really, you know, once I got past sort of the crisis feeling that I have, he was like, look, you've got the tools, you're using them. Um, and I still, you know... Now like, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, he was like, very nice. He's like, I'm not going to keep charging your insurance company to come see me when I just feel like we're going to make incremental progress. He's like, you're welcome to come back anytime. Anytime you've got to call me, come back. You graduated. Um, Teach... TJ Miller's here, guys. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, he really is. I love him. Oh, except for that thing where he said women aren't funny. What a dick. <laughs> I can't even read it. But you know what? I don't care. I'm so excited like, to see him. <laughs> like over the top, like sarcastic about that. I just always assumed that that was not real. Honestly, I don't even fucking care. Whatever. Yeah. Who knows? He's probably wasted. He's probably tripping his balls off, and he's like, I don't even fucking remember. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. Okay, um, should we do the script? Or yeah, did you yeah, have questions, Ankara? Or? Uh, we, I, there was a lot of the questions that we were talking about, like the women and stuff. I was going to bring up those things about like women in comedy and being aggressive and like asking. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, here. I the background last, Andrew. Oh, I didn't hear them. I'm so tempted to get up and kick my leg, but I'm afraid I'm going to hurt myself. 
The little girl I babysit for was like, do a cartwheel with me. And I was like, I have to drive home after this. But I did one actually the other day. I I lost weight. And then I was like, okay, now now we'll do a cartwheel. (laughs) (laughs) I have to make it through this a little easier now that there's less of me. I'm using this, okay? Yeah, totally. I like that. Some people are like, I just want to get back in my skinny jeans. You're like, I'm going to do a cartwheel. (laughs) Do a cartwheel. I did it too. And I was like, ah! I didn't die. So we write this script. Every mm-hmm. One of us writes it. This oh, week I wrote it. Um, so there's three parts. There's girl at desk, actress, and Tarek. Which one do you want to be, Amy? Ooh, I don't know. Uh, hey, Greg. Tarek sounds cool. Tarek? Uh, we have to scoot in a or little bit. Is that a boy bit. or a girl? It's, um, it's a whatever you want it to okay. be. Um, how, come I can't, how come we can't do this way? We did it before. Okay. Here we go. Someone said that we're sideways when we do it like this. Hmm. But I think it's working now. (laughs) You can say hi loudly. Hi, Greg Sound. (laughs) It's okay. We are, but you can say hi. You you don't want to be the actress. I mean, do you want me to be the actress? Are you trying to force me back on stage? It's a bigger part. That's Ooh. that's all. I just I don't want you to. <laughs> You're the focus of the the podcast. I, I guess I could have just assigned the, the part. Um, okay. Let's read. Assign the part. I will be the actress. Okay, yeah. You're the actress. You're in charge. Um, I'm in charge. Nothing <laughs> bothers. I love actually sitting in front of this window. So dark. Yeah, that'd I know. Be fun. Nice. That'd be fun to have the. Oh yeah, the lights here are very weird. Better lighting. Hello, is anybody there? Anybody? Anybody? Are we sideways, Donna? Where's Donna? She always tells us. Donna! <laughs> it says we like. It's Donna! <laughs> Donna, are we sideways or the right way up? You're always here to tell us. Donna, look at my hair. She cut my hair last week. Oh. Looks good. Those bangs are on flake. Mm-hmm. On flake. What? Okay. I'm not good with flake. We have to, it means um, that they look good. Hi, ladies. Donna, are we the right way up or are we sideways? No, oh, I guess mm. we'll find out. Okay, this week's sketch. I bet we're, I bet Wally we're right Wally Collins. Oh, we're, we're gorgeous. Thank you. But Amy are we? Hawthorne. Okay, I guess we're fine then. She would say. Yeah. We got, uh, no sideways, not side. Okay, great, yay! Okay. Mwah, Donna, mwah. We got Amy Hawthorne here, you guys. Yay. Just finished the podcast, about to do read. We're in the other, what's this called? We're in the place next door. The place next door. Oh, that'd be a cute t-shirt, right? Yeah. Place next door, I like it. Okay. Or a sitcom, write it. We'll write it. <laughs> I love oh, that. You okay. didn't highlight I it? Like, oh, no. I didn't highlight it, I'm sorry. Who am I? I got stuff going on. <laughs> I have so much stuff going on that I couldn't highlight it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like such bullshit. I couldn't tie my shoes. I have stuff going on. Okay. okay. All right. So who am I? You You want to be girl at desk or Tarek? I'll be girl at ta- desk. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, Spade Studios, interior day. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I'm here for the audition. Which one? For Ray Donovan. I'm so excited. I mean, you know I'm fine, but wow, I love your lipstick. <laughs> Um, I only have an audition for Bay Donovan. What? No, Ray Donovan. I'm auditioning for Amber, the actress who owns a sock empire now and accidentally poisoned her neighbor's cat, dog, parrot, and parakeet. Such an intense part. <laughs> yeah, okay, but this is for Bay Donovan. It's a sketch show. It's a parody of Ray Donovan. I have to call my agent. Cool. 
You totally look like someone who could own a sock empire, though. Thanks. <clears throat> oh. Hey, Tariq, can you put me through to Jacob? There's been some kind of mix-up at this audition, or whatever, he sent me on the wrong audition. I have no idea what's happening. Girl, where are you? Jacob's in a meeting. He can't talk. I'm at Spade Studios. I thought I was auditioning for Ray Donovan, but she's saying it's Bay Donovan? You thought you had an audition for Ray Donovan, but you're at an audition for Ray Donovan? No, I thought I had an audition for Ray Donovan, but it's an audition for Bay Donovan. Baby Donovan? Girl, you're no baby. Why would Jacob do that? <laughs> Bay, like by the bay. Bay Donovan. Oh, Bay Donovan. I get it. That's so weird. I thought the show was called Ray Donovan. <laughs> All this time. Tariq, listen to me. It's, it is Ray Donovan. But the girl here is saying it's Bay Donovan, a parody sketch show of the actual TV show. Oh, I love that. Oh, how fun is that? Can you please just check and see if this is the audition I'm supposed to be on? I am a serious actress, not a fucking comedian. Hey, I'm a comedian. What's wrong with being a comedian? I have studied for years to learn how to cry on cue and to be authentically pissed off and intense. Can you please check for me? Yes, of course, baby. And if you really want to cry on cue, you should try doing comedy. Thanks. Okay, I will. Okay, um, yes, it's Bay Donovan. You're auditioning for the role of Amber, Queen of Socks. Pays $1,500 a day, minimum five days. Could be a recurring character. What? Okay, no problem. It sounds great. Thanks, Tarek. I love you. Bye. Okay, I am at the right audition. Phew. Everything good? Absolutely. What are the sides? No sides. It's improv. Um... Sign in here and make sure you leave your email, Addie. Okay, okay. I can do this. All good. I really do love socks. Don't we all? I can't believe how much this pays. Who's producing it? Larry Weintrooper. Who? It doesn't matter. You have a bathing suit, right? What? Queen of socks. So, all she wears, basically, is socks. <laughs> yes, yes, I have on a bikini. I love socks, and I have on a bikini. Great! Your next after lunch should be around 45 minutes. Yay, Bay Donovan! <laughs> Yay, Bay Donovan! Yay. Ooh, you're good. Bye, everybody. That was awesome. Ended it like that. Oh my god, that was Get out of here. Exactly. It's in keeping. Oh, that was awesome. Good Thank job, Shauna. Thank you, guys. Good job reading. That was so fun. I thanks for being on the podcast. I'm sure we'll have you on again. Do you want to plug in? Awesome. Yes. Um, come to the club, the greatest club in the land. Come to New York Comedy Club. <laughs> and the place next door. And the place yes. next door. And let Amy leave if she's in a hurry because she only has 12 minutes to get to her train. Ooh, also, wait, one more thing. Uh, Mike Cannon recorded his album here. It's coming out September 8th, which probably Woo! is going to be out after that. So okay. it might already out. Anyway, you should get it. Also, I interviewed him for the Intero Bang, and you should read that there. Bye. Ooh, all right. Ooh, read awesome. Amy on the Intero Bang. Thanks, everybody. Love you. Bye. Bye. Gone Girls Podcast We interview the people we like And try to get to the bottom of life The Gone Girls Podcast The Gone Girls Podcast Show